most of us remember that day. It's etched in our minds, a permanent reminder of tragedy. We all watched helplessly as lives were lost, heroes were born, and a nation was forever changed. The loss was unimaginable, the sorrow unbearable. But through that pain, we witnessed the resolve of a nation. We saw chaos give birth to courage, fear transform into fortitude, and destruction give way to determination. In the midst of the brokenness, freedom stood immovable. Today, we remember those we lost. We honor the heroes who saved so many and grieve with the families who have suffered so much. It's been 20 years, but we still remember and we will never forget. Well, good morning, church. If you guys would, go ahead and stand up with us. Uh, we're going to get started with worship. Turn around and tell somebody that you're happy to see them this morning.
Can have a seat. Good morning, Burlington Baptist Church. And, um, you know, it is a special weekend from uh, set aside from all those other weekends as we looked at 9 11 yesterday, and I know that it conjured those thoughts again. And uh, hopefully, it also reaffirmed your reassurance that God is there in all things. Because as we remember those times and the struggles and uh, there's a lot of what-ifs, especially the day that that happened. Um, we were encouraged to lean on God. And today, as we gather in this place, that should always be our battle cry as Christians. So uh, if you're out there and you're walking around or you're driving around and you happen to see one of those people that works behind the scenes to do so much to keep us safe, I encourage you to say thank you, to say a prayer with them, and just remind them that they need to be safe um, as they take care of a lot of the things that we sometimes aren't even aware that are going on in our lives. But it's been a special weekend, and we continue to do that. Today, it's a great time of service. We have the service in here this morning. Then to, later on this morning, we're going to be moving out to the tent for the second service. Hopefully, some of you are going to be around for that. There's going to be food trucks, and, and we're so excited. If you're a guest today... It's a special day in our church, and we just want to say welcome to you, but we also want you to enjoy the things that we're going to be a part of today. Um, if you are a guest, we just ask that you take a moment and maybe scan that QR code that should be in the chairs in front of you, and that would give us a record of your attendance. You can fill out that little form just so we know and have a little bit of information because we want to contact you. And if you're a first-time guest, it's special because you can stop by our guest service desk out in the foyer and you can pick up a special gift and let us have a chance just to meet with you personally. But don't hesitate to do that. Last week was incredible. Wednesday night, it seemed like old times. A lot of people on campus. All the kids were running around. Nobody knew where everybody was going. There was food being cooked. It was a Baptist church, I'm telling you. But as we sat there and we celebrated the beginning of our programming, I'm just going to touch base with you about one need that's still out there. Carl had shared this with me, especially for Upward that's getting ready to start, that he is in need of people uh, to work and sit in the gym during their weeknight practices. And it usually goes from about 5, 5.30 to about 8 o'clock at night. And simply as the teams are practicing, just uh, be over in our control room and be available in case any of the coaches or any of the people need anybody. If you're available for that on one of the nights during the week, um, I think it's every night of the week except Wednesday night when they will practice. Just let Carl know, and he will be able to uh, get a schedule worked out for you. But um, if you're looking for a way to serve, that's a great way to do it. Also, just a reminder that um, since the children's programming and everything's back online, if you've got kids, 
and you feel comfortable, bring them on up here and let them be a part of the Kids Rock program. It's wonderful. It allows them to be a part of it. Youth is back meeting at their normal times now. That started over in the activity center building, and we have small groups everywhere for anybody that wants one. And if you happen to uh, not be in a small group yet and you want to be a part of one, just go online, call the church office, and we can point you in the right direction. But we just encourage you to be a part of one of those groups. One of the saddest things coming out of this week is the passing of our dear friend Charlie Utes. And most of you people know him, um, probably personally, because I don't know anybody in this county that probably didn't run into Charlie at some time in their life. But what a great man of service. He served our church while he was a member here. He was part of facilitating. But he was much more than that. He was just a friend. And he was a godly man that trusted in the Lord. And he lost his battle this week uh, with COVID. And as that happens, we celebrate the fact that he's not in pain anymore. But I want to make you aware that next Saturday here at the church from 10 to 2, we'll be doing uh, a visitation time. And then at 2 o'clock, we'll be hosting the, the funeral service. So I know that you guys are going to want to be here. I'm going to just be honest with you that with Charlie, who lived a life that was so open to everybody else, I can't imagine uh, what kind of traffic flow it's going to be here. But I know that Tammy and the family, they just covet your prayers and just ask for you to remember them in this time as they deal with um, this. And we, next week we get to celebrate the life of a very, very, very good man, but not good man by our standards, by God's standards. And um, it will be a special time. So I just encourage you to be a part of that. As we get ready for worship today, I'm just going to ask that you join with me for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be in your house today. And Father, even though we might not be in this building in just a little bit, we'll be outside. We know that your spirit and that you are with us always, Father. And we just ask that you just allow your spirit just to move among us through all of our services. Bless the words that Harold has been brought by you in the things that you've placed in his heart to share today. Allow those words just to touch us in a special way that it changes us forever. And Father, as we gather in this place, we know that um, we look through this weekend when um, sometimes our freedoms are challenged. Sometimes the, the struggle becomes too hard. And Father, you know, we as human beings, we fail to lean on you like we should. But we are oh, oh so thankful, Father, that you're there when we need you. And 20 years ago, we needed you. But we still need you just as much today. So, Father, in this service time, just take the songs that we sing, take our emotions, take all the feelings that we have, and let us lay those at your feet. Let us give you a praise offering for the Father you are, and let us celebrate uh, the Creator of the universe. And today, Father, in the second service, when we watch baptisms happen, Father, we celebrate the fact that people are coming to know you still today, and that they're putting their trust and their faith in you. And Father, finally, I just thank you personally for a blessed friend who walked beside me, not only in my ministry, but in my life. And this week as we mourn and we go through the process of thinking about uh, what next, uh, Father, just lead us to that time of celebration and let us know that um, living each day for you um, has its own, own massive rewards not only in our own lives as we do it, but in the people that we touch. 
So, Father, in this service today, we just dedicate it to you as always. We just ask for you to move among us like you do. And we pray all these things in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, you guys can go ahead and stand back up with us. We're going to keep on singing.
have a seat. Um, you can sing this one along with us. Everybody knows it. If you feel like standing up at some point, you can stand up. Just because we're Baptist doesn't mean you can't do that. So you can stand up. But uh, this is my favorite. And let's uh, the girls really, really sing. And uh, they say the band sounds real good. So watch Dave if you want something fun to look at while this song's going on. <laughs>
Amen. No grave could hold our Lord, could it? Y'all might want to give Danny a hand. He got 32 miles yesterday, and he's back with us this morning. So, good job, buddy. <laughs> Smiling and everything. So, I guess we got to give him his man card back, don't we? Hebrews chapter 10 this morning. And uh, last week, we talked about baptism specifically believers' baptism, and, and uh, we have three baptisms this morning, excited about that. The Great Commission says to go and uh, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And Jesus says, Lo, I'm with you always to the ends of the, the earth. But uh, So go and make disciples. I, I want to talk about making disciples uh, the next few weeks, and what does it look like for the church as we seek to make disciples, and obviously we could spend months talking about that, uh, but I want to share kind of three steps that uh, we want to start communicating to, to new believers in regards to growing as disciples in Jesus. The first step is just to come and worship. Come and worship. That's kind of the, you come and, and uh, we'll tell you about Jesus. We'll proclaim the gospel. We want you to know God and love God, and so come and worship, then connect and, and grow, and that kind of involves getting connected in groups and growing and, and uh, being connected with the church and growing in your faith. And then the third step is just go and serve. And the go and serve is we want to pour into you and then we want you to go share the gospel. We want you to serve the world. And so we're going to be talking about these three steps uh, the next three weeks. And we want to make it as simple as possible, but, but God wants us to be saved and then grow in our faith and then go out there and serve. And, and so this morning we're going to focus on come and worship. And uh, we're in Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to look at verses 19 through 25. Listen, the church's ultimate priority 
uh, is to glorify and to worship God. Uh, that's why He created, created us. Isaiah 43.7, God says, Everyone who is called by My name, that's, that's us as believers, whom I have created for My glory. And so Hebrews chapter 10, I want to invite you to stand this morning and we'll, we'll read verses 19 through 25. I just want to mention next Sunday morning, we're going to have an Old Testament scroll. Uh, we'll have it in here at 9.30. And uh, this is a 250-year-old scroll that survived the, the Holocaust in Nazi Germany. And uh, we're going to hopefully learn some things about scrolls and, and how the, we got the word and, and uh, how, how hard that process was. And so that'll be at 9.30 if, if you want to join us. If your Bible study group wants to join us, you're welcome to do that. That's next Sunday morning. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brothers, brothers and sisters, therefore, church, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. And this was something unimaginable in the Old Testament times. Only the high priest once a year could enter the holy place. But now, through the blood of Jesus, we're invited into the very presence of God. Verse 20, by the new and living way that He opened for us through the curtain that is through His flesh. Jesus gave His body, His flesh, to open up a way for us to come to the presence of God. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with the true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you have provided a way for us to come into the holy place, to come into your very presence. And we know that, that we're sinners, that you're holy, uh, that our sin separates us from you. But you provided a way through the shedding of the blood of your perfect son, Jesus, that we can be clothed in his righteousness and the, the veil has been torn, and we have this invitation to come, and we want to come with boldness and courage because we come in the name of Jesus. And we pray this morning you would speak to our hearts, do your work. Lord, help us to worship you in spirit and in truth. And uh, may Christ be glorified. May the lost be saved. May the believers be challenged and encouraged in their faith this morning. We long for the day of your appearing, for your coming back. Help us to be faithful unto then. Help us to proclaim your word, to share the gospel, to serve our, our world. All that for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. All right, so we're talking about making disciples. A disciple is someone who follows after someone else. We are disciples of Jesus Christ. He is our Lord and He is our Savior Listen, you can't make disciples of someone who doesn't know and love Jesus. And so Romans 10, 14 says, how can they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how can they believe on him in whom they've not heard? And how can they hear unless someone preaches or unless someone proclaims this good news? And so church, that's our role. We're to go share the good news of Jesus. Some will hear and believe. They will become followers of Jesus. They'll get connected to a church. They'll start growing in their faith and living for the glory of God. 
It's, it's pretty simple, isn't it? Uh, there, now, there are lots of ways that we can worship and, and glorify God. We glorify God through our obedience to His Word. And so last week we talked about being baptized. That, that's a kind of a first step of obedience. And God is glorified when we obey Him and are baptized. Uh, we glorify Him in our service for the sake of the kingdom. Uh, he is glorified when we uh, love each other, when we share the gospel. Uh, but one of the primary ways is our meeting together for the purpose of worship. And so Hebrews 10.25 says, not neglecting to meet together. And again, the, the purpose of this meeting together is to worship God. And so the first step of our discipleship process is simply come and worship. We want the lost, we want them to come and to hear the good news of the gospel. And then for the believers, we want to, uh, we, we want to make Sunday morning worship a priority. Now, I'm not saying that the other services aren't important. Of course they are. But the biggest gathering that we have all week of this body of believers is on Sunday morning, and our purpose is to come together as a faith family to worship God. And so, church, we invite people to come and hear the good news, and hopefully they hear the, the gospel, they get to know Christ, they become a follower of Christ, and they join us in worshiping our great God. So I'm going to talk some a little bit about our worship. And the first point I have this morning, just three points, our, our worship of, should be God-focused. Our worship should be God-centered. Uh, Psalm 29, verse 1 and 2 says, Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory to His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. And so church, we gather... For worship, we we declare to one another and to the whole world that our God is glorious and our God is worthy to be praised. God's worthiness of worship is laid out in the scriptures from cover to cover. Uh, Romans eleven thirty six: From Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be glory forever. From Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be glory. Revelation 4.11, worthy are you, our, our Lord and our God, to receive glory and honor and power because you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. He is worthy of praise for the fact that he is our creator and everything that we have is given to us by him. And then we're reminded of at the culmination of history, Philippians 2.10 and 11, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess. Every knee shall bow, every knee. In heaven, on earth, under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so our worship is God-centered. As His disciples, as disciples of Jesus, we delight in His glory. Now, how do we do that? And why do we do that? And listen, God glorifies Himself by saving sinners. And as saved sinners, that's us, we delight in His glory and, and we enjoy His glory. God ordained the crucifixion of His only Son in the place of sinners so that we might know His salvation and that we might enjoy His glory forever and ever. Listen, church, I don't, I don't come on Sunday mornings out of duty. Uh, it is a delight. 
I worship for the joy of the Lord. John Piper once said, we are most satisfied in our lives when God is most glorified in our lives. Now, there's a lot of people seeking satisfaction in all the things of this world, and they, they just can't find it. We're most satisfied in our lives when God is most glorified in our lives. And so not only do we delight in His glory, but, but secondly, disciples of Jesus declare His glory. We declare His glory when we proclaim the good news of the gospel. Two particular things, uh, two particular ways that we declare the glory of God is by having, first of all, a high view of God, and secondly, an honest view of ourselves. A high view of God. I mean, we don't worship a generic God or an unknown God. We are worshiping the one true and living God who is triune in His nature. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is the creator of all things. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He is sovereign over all. He is all-knowing. He's all-powerful. He's all-present. He's transcendent. We worship Almighty God. We sing and we speak and we pray before the Father through the Son by the Spirit. And as we cultivate a high view of God, we are led to have an honest view of ourselves. And if we have an honest view of ourselves, we're sinners. Brother Ray talked about Romans chapter 3, an unrighteous. No, not one. We, we are sinners. We are separated from our God and our holy and righteous and just and gracious and perfect God, who is supremely worthy of honor and glory and praise, has graciously come to the rescue of sinful man. I mean, is that a me? Is that a reason to worship? Yeah. Is that a reason to live our lives for the praise of His name? And if our worship is God-centered, then that means that God's word should drive and dictate how we worship. It should drive what we sing and and what I preach, and how we pray, and how we worship. And the biggest component of our worship services is the preaching of the Word of God. It, that's not by accident. It's not because I ha think I have something to say on my own accord. No, it's because God has spoken to us. God has spoken to us as His children through His Word, and we need to hear what He has to tell us. As we proclaim the Word of God, God directs our worship. And so from the beginning of our services to the end, we want God's Word to direct our worship. Hebrews 12.25 says, See that you do not refuse Him who is speaking. The Him who is speaking is God. And He has spoken to us through His Word. That's why most often we do expository preaching, where we open the, the Word of God and we study it and we read it and we listen to it and we respond to it because this is how God has chosen to speak to His people through His Word. Now, uh, David Platt once defined worship as the rhythm of his revelation in our response. I think that's a great definition. The rhythm of his revelation in our response. Now, I want you to get this. His revelation comes through his word, and we respond to his word. That's what worship is. God reveals himself through his word, and we respond to the word. God reveals himself uh, through his word, and we respond with our singing. God reveals Himself through His Word, and we respond through our praying. God reveals Himself through His Word, and we respond with our repentance or our turning from our sin. God reveals Himself through His Word, and we are doers of His Word. And so our singing, our praying, our, our giving, our preaching, our invitation, all revolve around what God says in His Word. Again, our, our worship is, 
is God-centered. Secondly, our worship should be gospel-saturated. We want Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, to be exalted. Jesus is the promised Messiah of the Old Testament. He is revealed to us in the Gospels. All of Scripture revolve around Jesus Christ and His Gospel. And the Gospel is the story of how God, who is holy and just and righteous, how He is the Creator, and how He saw our hopeless condition. We were sinful, rebellious men and women, and we were hopeless apart from God, and God sent His Son. And Jesus came, God in the flesh, He came to bear His wrath against sin on the cross and to show His power through the resurrection from the grave. His power over sin. To show that everyone who turns from their sin and trusts in Him as Lord and Savior can be restored into a relationship with God forever and ever. Listen, the glorious gospel should saturate our worship. Now think about it. We proclaim the gospel in our preaching, in our praying, in our singing. We'll proclaim the gospel this morning. We have these baptisms. We, we talked about last week how a baptism portrays the death and the resurrection. We portray the, the, the gospel through the partaking of the, uh, uh, of the Lord's Supper. Every time we do, uh, everything we do in worship should ultimately lead us to Christ who He is, and and specifically what He accomplished for us. And so if you're here this morning, and you're not a Christian, the central message that we want you to hear is that God so loved the world that He sent His Son. He sent His Son, Jesus, to live a life we could never live, and that's a life of perfect obedience to God. He sent His Son to die a death that we deserve to die, to pay the price for our sins. And He conquered the enemy that we can't conquer, and that enemy is sin and death. God sent His Son so that you and I might trust in Him as Savior of our, over our sins and Lord over our lives. And, and if you aren't a Christian, we want you to hear the Gospel in our services. And if you, if you are a Christian, guess what? We want you to hear that same Gospel. And you say, why do I need to hear that gospel? Listen, we, we all need the gospel. We need to hear the gospel. We, need to, we never get over the gospel. Listen, the gospel reminds us that God so loved us that I can love others. The gospel reminds us that God has forgiven me and so I can forgive others. The gospel reminds us that Jesus paid it all. All to Him we owe. The gospel reminds us of that. And the gospel shapes the way we pray. And listen, we're only able to approach God in prayer because what Christ has done on our behalf. Hebrews 10.22 exhorts us to draw near with the true heart in full assurance of faith. To draw near with the true heart in full assurance of faith. Our only confidence to draw near to God, to enter into His presence, is by the blood of Jesus. And you read about that blood back in chapter 9, and we won't go through all that, but uh, chapter 9, verse 14, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works? To Listen, it is by the blood of cross that we're able to draw near to God. Now, if you remember back in the Gospels, Matthew in particular, Jesus knew that the Pharisees, they, they were just concerned about outward appearances. And so they, they prayed their long prayers and they had these long flowing robes. And Jesus said in Matthew 15, 9, they draw near to me with their lips, but their hearts are far away from me. In vain do they worship me, 
Well, God invites us to draw near with a true heart. Back in verse 22, in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Listen, when we embrace Jesus by faith, His blood covers over our sins and our conscience is freed from guilt. Romans 8, 1, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. We're free from the, the guilt of our, of our sins and our bodies washed with pure water. Now, now some people think that's talking about baptism, but I, I think it's more about regeneration. Titus 3, 5, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness. We, we don't have any. But according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Spirit, the washing of regeneration, that speaks of being born again, being born from above. And listen, regeneration is a powerful thing. We're no longer in Adam. We're not in our sins. But we're now in Christ. And we rejoice in Christ. Hebrews 10 is, is speaking about gathering together and worshiping in the background to this text is, is bloody. Bloody. You say, what do you mean bloody? Well, you read chapter 9 and, and the writer of Hebrews keeps reminding us of the power of the blood of Christ. and Therefore, verse uh, 21, we have a great high priest. And our great high priest is Jesus. And uh, that's the reason that we're able to draw near to God. Not not because we're pure in ourselves. You know, you know, the high priest in the Old Testament, they had to purify themselves because they were sinners. And then they could go into the holy place. Well, Jesus is perfect. And He's our great high priest. And He invites us in. Verse 19, to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. Verse 20, He by this new and living way that He opened for us through the curtain, talking about the veil, that is through His flesh. He, his flesh was was broken for us. And so the writer of Hebrews is urging us, church, to come and draw near mindful that we have been cleansed by the blood. We've been bought by the blood. Now before we get to this last point this morning, let me just point out in verse 19, we have, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood. And then again in, in, in verse 21, since we have a great high priest, and so we have these two since we's, since we because of the blood of Jesus, and since we because we have a great high priest in Jesus, because of those two realities, in verses 22 through 25, we have four imperatives. Because of the blood of Jesus, because Jesus is our great high priest, verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart. Because of the blood of Jesus, let us draw near to God. Because of the blood of Jesus, verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Because of the blood of Jesus, verse 24, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Because of the blood of Jesus, verse 25, let us, and the let us here is implied, let us not neglect to meet together. And I just want to point out that all of these are plural. The writer of Hebrews is imploring us to do these things together, corporately, as a body of Christ, as the church. Let us, as a church, draw near to God. Let us, as a church, hold fast the confession of our hope. Let us consider how to stir up one another. Let us not neglect meeting together. And so we do those through corporate worship. That's why we ask our members to make it a priority to, to gather on Sunday mornings for worship. Now listen, sometimes we can approach the Sunday morning gathering as a kind of a private time. It's a 
private time for me and Jesus. And don't hear me wrong. We, we need a time for private worship. And Jesus said in Matthew 6, 6, to, to go into your room and shut the door and, and pray to the Father who's in secret. We need private worship, but that's not what Hebrews 10 is calling us to. We are being called to gather, to gather in His name, to stir up one another, to encourage one another, to worship our great God. And, and we have this kind of vertical dimension of worship and this horizontal dimension of worship. I, I, I want you to see both of those. Uh, for example, Colossians 3.16 says we are singing and, and making melody to God. That's, that's vertical. We, we're doing that to God. But then we're also, we're teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom. We're singing psalms and hymns. and We're doing that horizontally together. And so their worship goes up to God and we teach and admonish and sing together. And you ever notice the horizontal nature of many of the psalms? Psalm 95.1. Oh, come, let us Sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Psalm 95, 6. Oh, come let us. Oh, come let us as a faith family. Worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture. Let us do that together. Listen, an important aspect of, of corporate worship is that we are doing this together. And when we do it together, there are no spectators. Hey, I'm, sometimes we have, a, we have a leader and a musician and a praise team, but they're just, they're worshiping God with us. Now, I don't know if there's anything more encouraging than to sing to the Lord and to hear you sing and, and sing these truths and, and to do all that together as the body. I'm, I don't know about you, that, that encourages me to, to hear God's people lift their voices together. And so we as a faith family, we are participating together in worship and, and we edify and we encourage one another as we express worship to God side by side. That's, that's the picture. And so when we sing, listen, everybody should sing. It doesn't matter what your voice sounds like. I can't sing a lick. You, you can sit beside me. I can verify it. I'm not, I'm not just saying that. But when we sing, we, listen, when we watch a baptism and we clap, we celebrate together. When, when it's time to open the Bible, we ought to open the Bible together. Listen, we, can, we should actively engage in every element of worship because it is pleasing to God and it is part of what it means to be a, a part of a local fellowship of believers. That's why verse 25 is so important. Don't, don't, don't neglect gathering together. Now, David Platt said this. He said, affections in worship drive actions in worship. Now think about that. Our affections in worship drive our actions in worship. When we read the Psalms, we are encountering theology, but it's not theology for the sake of theology. It's not just knowing God to just to know God. It's theology leading to doxology. It's knowing God leading to worship of God. It's theology that fuels passion for God, love for God, affection, thirst, longing for God. There is truth. But there is awe and joy. That's what worship is all about. And I'm going to say more, but I need to finish here. God, listen, God is worshipped in our gatherings. But listen, God, worship doesn't begin or end when we gather or when we depart. He's worshipped he's, he's worship when we gather, but it doesn't begin or end when we, we get together. And so the third point is our worship should be go oriented 
Now I know I sound, I sound funny when I say the word go. I didn't say go like G-O-A-L. I, I said go, G-O. Our worship should be go-oriented. Our worship sends us out on mission for Christ. And I've heard it said, and I, I believe this, Christian worship is inevitably missional. You think about Kyle and Molly. They're over there in Indonesia. And you might ask, well, why would they give up their newly married life and move to Indonesia? Because they believe that Jesus is worthy of worship from all the peoples of the world, every nation. And what we see is their affection for God moved them to action for God. Our affections in worship lead to action. And so why, why does our discipleship process, it starts with come and worship, but it doesn't end until we're going and serving. You see that? It starts with come and worship, but it doesn't end until we're going and serving. We have this strong conviction that our worship fuels our service. Listen, Jesus Christ is alone is worthy of our worship. He alone died on the cross or rose from the grave. He alone is worthy of worship. And His worthiness fuels our praying, our giving, our going, our sacrifice, our service. He alone. We want His kingdom to come. And so we pray for His kingdom to come. We want King Jesus to be known and exalted to the ends of the earth. And that's why we give sacrificially and generously and cheerfully. We want Jesus to be made known around the world, and we want our King to be glorified. Listen, we, we, we don't take the gospel to every home because we don't have anything else to do. No, we want to make disciples for Jesus because He's worth it. We don't send people on mission trips, whether it's long-term or short-term, because we don't have anything better to do or no better way to spend our... No, we want to make Christ known. And so if you leave here this morning without understanding that our worship fuels our mission, then I've messed up. I've failed to communicate this morning. As Platt said, Christian worship is inevitably missional. A people who love the glory of God more than life itself will spend their lives making His glory known everywhere they go. And so listen, as we close this morning, I pray for our worship services. And I want people to get saved. I, I mean, we delight in that. But I also pray that through our worship, that God will be glorified, the gospel will be proclaimed, and that lives will be changed, and God might so steer our passion for His glory that when you go out those doors, you can't help but proclaim the good news everywhere you go throughout the week. And so we're not just worshiping God. We're not just proclaiming the gospel, but we're inviting God through worship to so steer our hearts that we have a passion to make Him known. That God might so steer the passion for His glory that, that you'll give your life to serve Him by serving others wherever He might call you. And it might be here in Boone County or it might be to the farthest corners of the world. And church, one day, and I, I believe it might be soon, we will gather around the throne of, of our King and together we'll give Him the glory to His name and, and that's the end go. And we want to take as many people along with us as we can. And so Burlington Baptist Church, let's live our lives. Let's sacrifice whatever it takes in our individual lives and, and in the church 
for the day when people from Boone County will join with people from every tribe, every tongue, every people, every nation, and will bow before the throne and will sing praises and worship His great name. Let's pray. Father, we come this morning through the blood of Your Son, Jesus, recognizing that we're unworthy and we're unrighteous and we're sinners, and yet You have provided a way for us to be made right with You through the blood of Jesus. And because of that blood and because we have a high priest, we're to, we're to draw near, we're to hold fast, we're to encourage one another, we're to gather together for worship, we're to go out and proclaim the good news. Lord, just thank You for the reminder this morning and we pray that uh, You have been glorified in our time of singing and worship and, and we pray that when we go out those doors that we'll go out on a mission for Your kingdom. And we invite You this morning to, to save some so they might bring You glory, to stare some hearts that we might proclaim Your glory. Lord, add to Your church. Help us to walk in obedience. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, I'll invite you to stand this morning and, and uh, we want to invite you to respond. If, if we defined worship as a revelation from Him and a response by us, then the Word's been proclaimed and now it's our turn. And so, some of you need to come and worship. Some of you need to take the next step in discipleship. You need to get connected. You need to be growing. Would that be you this morning? You, you, you can maybe check off number one. You, you're worshiping. But now you need to connect and and some of you, you connected, but you just, you're not going and serving. And uh, God invites you to take the next step this morning. We invite you to do that. You, you respond as the Lord leads this morning. And if you want to partake of the Lord's Supper, you can. If you want to pray, if you want to know more about being saved or being a part of the church, I'll be down front. I'd love to talk to you about that. God has revealed Himself through His Word. You respond to His Word this morning. Take all thy heavenly's hands and multiply, God, all that I am and find my heart on the altar again. Set me on fire, set me on fire. Take all my heavenly's hands and multiply, God, all that I am, find my heart on the altar again. Set me on fire, set me on fire. Here I am, God, arms wide open.
Wouldn't that be a great way to live your life? Just arms wide open and saying, Lord, here I am, send me wherever it is. That that scare anybody? Man, who doesn't want to go on an adventure with God? And it, it might be across the street from you. But anyway, live that way. And God will use you. And I, I see a few guests this morning. Thank you for joining us this morning. I'll be in the back. I'd love to meet you if I haven't met you this morning. Thank you for joining us. Uh, just a couple of things uh, we're taking up for Eliza brought us. Uh, that's for state missions the next few weeks. Our goes 5,000, and that just goes to plant churches and do missions and reach people in Kentucky. There are lots of lost people in Kentucky we want to reach. And so if you want to give to that, uh, just want to thank you again for giving last week uh, to uh, for Lindsay and, and Taylor, uh, about $3,300. Thank you for that. That's a that's a good gift to, to give them to start working on their house. Uh, Northern Kentucky Baptist Association is collecting gift cards 
uh, for people in New Orleans. If you'd like to give any of those, you, we can get those to them. And uh, is that it? Dollar Club. Uh, let me pray for uh, Danny's brother, Jake. He's in the hospital right now. Uh, Jake and Miss Pat Ulrich, she's in the hospital today. And we just want to pray for both of them. And Danny, I'll let you close if you want to. And, yeah, just like always, the Dollar Club clear box is on the way out. It's an awesome ministry. Um, if you have any questions, ask Ken Ford. He'll tell you all about it. So <laughs> let's pray together. Lord, just thank you so much uh, just for the opportunity to come in and worship and, and learn more about worship and just learn more about your, your, your plan for us. Lord, just thank you so much for that. Lord, thank you just again for just blessing us and, and thank you for adding to this church as we see the baptisms uh, this, this afternoon in the service. And we're just so thankful uh, for what you're doing here. Lord, help us not to get in the way of that and help us to just keep doing the things that you want us to do and have us do everything that glorifies you. Lord, we just ask that you look over uh, uh, those that are in the hospital, my brother and, and others who uh, are just still fighting uh, sickness and COVID and just trying to recover from all that stuff. Lord, be with uh, Charlie's family, all of them this this week as they, as they lay him to rest. Lord, we just thank you that uh, we can rest and no one in our brothers up there with you, probably making you laugh. That's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.